2: All right, we are back on the Doctor Dolly Show. One eight seven seven Doc Dolly. One eight seven seven D O C D A L I. So uh, Super Bowl's over. I'm kind of relieved. You know, it was a lot. You know, it was. Uh, a fantastic event. I think Las Vegas really proved themselves in terms of hosting uh, a Super Bowl. We know how to do it. We have a beautiful stadium. We have uh, pretty good weather. It was a little chilly, but still, sun was shining. Vegas knows how to host events. They know how to host sports. For us locals, it was a little traumatizing at times with traffic and the strip kind of being a mess and People descending on Vegas, and I don't even want to see what the ground looks like in terms of confetti and and garbage and all that. But, you know, we do a good job. We clean up good. And, um, you know, uh, but um, no, I did not go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I was at Friends, which I honestly had a great time at, at our friend's house. We spent it with family, friends, and who are family to us. And so we had a good time. Uh, my predictions, if you noticed... Okay. Even though I had money on the Chiefs, I had predicted that it would be a Niner win based on the medical predictions. I'm not going to lie. No reason to lie. In fact, when I saw the predictions, I'm like, no, the, the, the Chiefs are going to win, but I have to do the medical predictions. I have to be ethical and needed to, you know, stick to my guns. And uh, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and just, you know, pull these out of my Rancho Peritoneum. There's a science to it. And if you saw, the Niners were doing well, but the Chiefs always pull through. So congratulations to the Chiefs. Now, a second year in a row, now having multiple Super Bowl rings. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was uh, MVP, understandably so. Travis Kelsey did a good job, had some scuffling with Andy Reid and kind of pushed him a little bit, body slammed him, they said, and there was a little bit of of drama there. But overall, uh, pretty dramatic free. Although I think somebody was running around the field half naked. Running around the field half naked, Um. During the game i 'm not exactly sure what happened there, but uh, uh I missed it because I was too busy eating and talking but Super sick Monday is a thing where close to seventeen million people call out annually after the Super Bowl. Now, why is that? Well, I live on the West Coast, so we were already done by seven eight. You know, starting to wrap things up. I was already prepping my show. I was already home, getting ready for bed. But East Coast, you're not getting home until midnight, 1. So, yeah, the next day, Super Bowl, no wonder. But I think also a part of our, quote-unquote, super sick Monday, which they call it, where people call out. It's not so much that they were partying, and yes, it's on a Sunday, and people don't like Mondays. But I think there is a football funk. Not only is there a football funk when your team loses. There were a lot of Niners fans out here, and they were pretty pretty devastated. I'm a Cowboy fan, so I'm always devastated around the Super Bowl, you know, except you know during the '80s. But you know, so, so I mean, for me, it was like I, I didn't mind who won. You know, I either win money if the Chiefs win, or my medical calculations hold firm if the Niners win. So I, for me, it was a win win no matter what happened. Like I said, we were hanging with our friends, but. You know, for other people, uh, they, it was, it's disappointing, you know, especially since they were very vocal about it. You know, when we talk about election depression, that's very similar to football funk, where now you have been so, you know, donned with Niner regalia and flags and your car is all decked out and your truck is all decked out that you don't want to be, you know, I I guess you don't want to be on the losing side or considered a loser. You're not a loser. The Niners did awesome. Conference championships, they did amazing. Brock Purdy, he's got a career ahead of him. McCaffrey, all these guys, wow. Bosa, very great. Uh, Niners have a fantastic team. Nothing to feel bad about. And for the Niners to do that well against the Chiefs, the reigning champions, nothing nothing to be sad about if you're a Niner fan. But people feel like they get embarrassed. You know, they feel like, well, you know, because, you know, if you lose, sometimes you don't want anyone to know. Now, I lost money at the casino. You know, my team lost. My te- I mean, I'm very public about being a Cowboys fan. I think people should be as public as they want to. But during an election, you're pretty public. When you lose, there's some people going, ha ha. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Nobody should be going the ha ha to you. That's, yeah, I would tell them to go stick it. But this football funk also, I think, is the football season to me is the harbinger of, you know, you got your fall, you got your, your Halloween, you got your Thanksgiving, your Christmas. So when football season starts, I'm on cloud nine because I love my Sundays. For the 20 weeks or however long it lasts. I love knowing that we're coming into my favorite time of year. And so now we're coming into the spring. People have to figure out what else they're going to do on Sundays. I mean, me, I'm going to go snowmobiling next Sunday. That's what I'm doing. But. You know, there's this funk that people have. And so the call-outs that happen today, if you're frustrated at a restaurant, if you're frustrated at a retail store, you know, you you shouldn't be, right, hanging out, going shopping. You should be at work, too. But since we're having tons of call-outs, although I think we're going to have fewer call-outs this Sunday or this today, this Monday, because there's fewer people working. I mean, you already have many people working from home, so they may not feel the need to call out because you know many of them are sleeping in anyway. Not that I'm making fun of you all from sleeping at home, but it's a lot harder to get up, get dressed, put some makeup on, shave to get out there and go to work. So I think there's actually going to be fewer you know, than the 16, 17 million postulated who call out today on quote-unquote super sick Monday. But because um, people are already working from home, but there is a little bit of a funk. There is a little depression. I'm a little sad. I mean, how many more months? I have to wait another six months till preseason, and it is. You, you got to find something else to do. So it's you no. Know. But great job. I I think you know overall, it was wonderful, wonderful. Uh, uh, Super Bowl. I think Vegas did it. I, um, congrats to the Chiefs, 25-22 win. You know not went into to overtime. For those of you that missed the game, sorry for the spoilers. It was it was a 1919 tie. Went to overtime. The toy cost. I told you guys tails. Always choose tails. Tails for some reason has a 53% probability. Who knows? So tails came up first. Niners got it. Niners scored with a field goal. They should have gone for a touchdown, but they couldn't have because it was, I think, the fourth and four. Chiefs got it, and that's what ended up happening. So, all right, let's get off football and talk about some Addictions other things. Addictions can One, sneak up on us and come in many forms, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, video games, porn, or something less obvious, such as food, internet, or shopping. Addiction can seem innocent at first and then evolve into an insurmountable evil. In our book, Addiction Basics, Caitlin Kalikas and I dive into the common addictions and provide tips for identifying and preventing these before they sneak in and take over our lives. Addiction Basics can be found on Amazon or on my website, drdalia.com. Check it out. Dr. Dahlia here. Are you tired, gaining weight, burned out, stressed out? Well, how's your dopamine doing? Not sure? then check out our book, Deploying Dopamine. How you feel right now, how you will feel an hour from now, how you will feel next week is completely reliant on our dopamine. Christian Kalikas and I created Deploying Dopamine, a book that tells you what dopamine is, when it dysfunctions, and how to successfully deploy dopamine when needed. So find Deploying Dopamine on Amazon or drdahlia.com today.
3: It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.
0: Jose works on a farm. Safety is important. His boss calls 811 to determine where it's okay to dig. This protects Jose from hitting an underground line and from serious injury. Because Jose can't tell exactly where or how deep the lines are, he doesn't dig until 811 tells him it's safe. The most important thing is that Jose works safe and goes home to his family. For more information, visit farmsafe811.org. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign
2: The Doctor Dolly Show. thank you all for tuning in. 1-877-DAC Dolly, 1-877-D O C D A L I. Big thanks to Genesis Communications Network for making this all happen. Big thanks to Daniel, our producer, and big thanks to you all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Dr. Dahlia and on Facebook, The Dr. Dahlia Show. Okay, so you're going to like this one here. All right, um, I'm going to get my Facebook Live up because you guys are liking the... uh, We're going to be talking about Popcorn Brain. And I'm, I'm starting a Facebook Live on this to help you guys. And... All right. You know, it is really hard to get my social media going at the same time. I I was working on it during the break. Don't give me. Listen. Hey, did I call out? It's super sick Monday. Did I call out? No, I didn't. So, look, you got to cut me some slack, Jack. All right. Popcorn brain. What is popcorn brain? Right. we've spoken about this term before, and it's going to take hold. I don't get credit for it. I've only reported on it. I have spoken about how we are becoming more attention deficit and losing attention because of our reliance on Internet, because of our reliance on social media, TikTok, our reliance on fast food. You don't have to wait for a letter to come that could take two to three weeks from your loved one overseas. You could get a text instantaneously now. So we have become more attention deficit. But popcorn brain is something... That is being described in psychology as where, because of the way the internet is taught to feed you things, you end up looking at something and then popping to another topic or popping to another thing to buy or popping to another video. And so they're describing it like popcorn, where this kernel pops, then this kernel pops. It's called popcorn brain. I, if the psychologists like it, fine. You know, I'll, I'll use that term. Um, but it's, and I don't mind, I use whatever term you need to. Uh, I, I don't want people to start using that as an excuse to claim disability benefits. Okay, not like popcorn lung, which we can get from actual popcorn products, hey, from the chemicals in them. That's a whole different condition. But this idea of popcorn brain is something that I am seeing with my friends, I'm seeing with myself. And prior to the internet, you had to really commit something to memory. I'm watching the show called Beef. Uh, my friends told me about it. And I, I guess it's uh, the guy Glenn from Walking Dead. He gets into this road rage thing. So he's trying to get look at the license plate, and he's trying to put that license plate to memory. Now, some people will say Echo Niner, you know, they'll do what we do in the military in terms of, you know, remembering, you know, what the letters are and all that, or they'll come up with a, some of us will just repeat something over and over again. But those were tricks we would do when we didn't have the Internet to rely on. Well, now everybody's relying on the Internet. Everyone's relying on their phones. So when somebody would give you a phone number, and you didn't have a piece of paper, and you wanted somebody's phone number, boy, did you put some effort into memorizing that number. If you met somebody and said, give me your phone number, and they say 702-871, and you just, what would you be able to put that to memory? Could you put 10 digits to memory? I could get the 702, or the 212, or the 818, or the 808. I, I could get those three down, and I'll be distracted by that, but can you really remember seven random numbers? It's not like you could put a story with it. And I want you guys to try that. Just try at home, because I want to combat this, this lack of attention, this going from one you know, uh, visual or one concept to another, which I do on my show all the time. But I, I want you to just practice that. Have your loved one, Give you a phone number, auditorially, random number, 867-1309, right? 867-1309, okay. can't be a song, but just have somebody just randomly, on the you know, look a number up on the internet if you have to use the internet, give you the number, or look on a phone, it's better for you to memorize a family member's phone number, and see if you can remember it right away. Five minutes, an hour, and the next day. And if you can't, I want you to start actively trying to memorize things. Our ability to put things to memory is such a gift. And if we're not working that muscle, we're going to lose it. One of my friends um, was in town from medical school, and he brings up something that I slightly remember from our past, which is pretty significant in our past as students. I could barely remember it, and I would have never remembered it if he didn't say something about it. And I'm trying to put together any past memories of it. I didn't even know I was in the state when it happened. Something happened to a friend of ours that was kind of comical, and... I don't remember it, and I don't like that. I don't like having conversations with people from my past where I don't remember things. I don't want my kids later going, Mom, remember what you told me, if you ain't first, you're last. Remember what you told me that just meant, e- I mean, you, you saw Talladega Nights. The father's like, what are you talking about? And Will Farrell character Rick and Bobby's like, you would said, if you ain't first, you're last. He's like, "What? I was high when I said that. I don't want to have that sort of a conversation with my kids. If they say, Mom, you always told me to do this, and I'm doing it. Now, probably we're going to do what we always do. Just take credit for it. They'll say, of course I remember that. Of course. Like, my husband will be like, you know, remember our first date? Uh, That was a date. (laughs) I remember making out. (laughs) Really? Did you actually, like, buy me dinner? (laughs) Okay so of course I did. It was so romantic. Yeah, we got remember guys, we got Valentine's coming up. Okay, don't worry. I I got you guys covered. You are going to be given a pop quiz by your loved one. You will have to pass the pop quiz of all the things you guys did on your first date. If not, if not, you're going to have to either gaslight them or come up with another sort of memory and go, "You forgot that? You forgot what happened on our first date? Uh, yeah, I guess I did. Uh, you know what? I, I can't even talk. I, l- let's just not a talk about it because it's just going to open up so much hurt. And then meanwhile, you're like, oh, God, whew. <laughs> that got me out of that one. But popcorn brain is something, whether we want to call it a form of attention deficit or a lack of memory or a cognitive change, if you are not putting something to memory, if you are not thinking about it, talking about it, uh, book clubs. Why do you think they have book clubs? You know, you're thinking, okay, well, I'm already losing a lot of time reading a book and now I got to also talk about it. Well, because it allows you to take something, for those people that really love books, take something so, you know, artistic, so creative, and allow it to get into your brain. And and, you know, so uh, when I was in school, we would learn like the road less traveled or what was it? Emily Dickinson. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach. The only reason why I remember that is because they made us do something with that poem. They made us think about it. So I thought of math. I love thee to the height and depth. I was like, oh, that's math, you know, and um uh, Hamlet, uh, to be or not to be, that is a question, whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the pains. and. Anyway, we had to memorize Hamlet. Romeo and Juliet, we had to stand up there and go, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Deny thy father, and refuse thy name, for that will not be but sworn my love, and I shall no longer be a Capulet. I don't know what the hell that means, but we had to memorize it. I remember this stuff as a kid. If I read a poem now, would I remember it? No, I mean, a dirty limerick, maybe, but would I remember it now? No. Why? Because I don't have to. I could just flip to the Internet. And we're teaching society that you don't have to learn anything. You don't have to memorize your family's phone numbers. You don't, Why are we teaching people that? For the love of God, if I had to call my best friend, I don't know his number. I, I know where it is on my phone. Siri could maybe do it. But I do I know their number? No. If I had to call... I, I, so we're, we've made society so dependent on... On the internet, that for lack of a better word, we're becoming mentally stupid. You really don't know your family member's phone number? You really, like, periods. When I ask a woman, when was the last period? I, I mean, I would have that date. I'm like, it was three Fridays ago, or what? You know, I know, because it ruined you know, Beach Weekend. It's, everyone's like, well, I got to look it up. You don't have in your memory when your last, if, if you're in the ER, And you're having some severe pain, and the doctor's like, when is your last period? You need to know that. It's just one date. The average woman does not know when her last period was. So these are things. We don't even know family members' birthdays. We don't even have those memorized. That's a problem. So do some exercises, like I told you. Just pick a random birthday. Jennifer Anderson's birthday was February 11th, 1969. I don't know. She turned 55. Try and memorize those things and see if you could recall them. one 877 Dolly.
3: Are you a business owner? Are you confused by the complexity of the tax laws? We can help. I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been helping business owners solve tax problems for over 40 years. My book, The Small Business Tax Guide, shows proven ways to avoid all the common business tax problems. Don't risk your business. Go to danpilla.com to order your copy. That's danpilla.com. Order now and get a free 15-minute call directly with me, a $99 value. Go to danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com.
0: news update. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says rooting out Hamas is not just a win for Israel, but also a win for the Palestinian people. This as casualties continue to mount. The
3: most important power that has to remain in Israel's hands is overriding security control in the area west of the Jordan. That includes Gaza. Otherwise, history has shown terrorism comes back.
0: Netanyahu spoke on ABC's This Week. Also says he's fine with an autonomous Palestinian state as long as that entity has no ability to have an army or make deals with other countries to get weapons. The medals for the Paris 2024 Olympics will feature a unique addition, a small fragment of iron sourced from the Eiffel Tower. This inclusion commemorates 100 years since Paris last hosted the Olympic Games. The iron pieces are taken from sections of the iconic Eiffel Tower that were removed during various renovations over the past century. I'm Ryan Daniels, USA News.
3: My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare. Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com.
2: All right. We are back on the Doctor Dolly Show. Thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven Doc Dolly. One eight seven seven D O C D A L I. So Americans are looking at Canadians as how they are doing when it comes to their medical assistance and dying program, where eligible adults can request assisted death services. I think legislation passed back in two thousand sixteen. And now they're going to, um, I guess, allow those with mental illness to also choose medical suicide. And I'm a little nervous about something like that. You have cancer. You have a terminal illness. You are struggling. The end is coming. You are in a lot of pain. Having hospice care and being assisted with pain and you know you you know to to end your pain and suffering very very private decision between a person and their doctor and their family and it's not an easy one to make but if it's you we're all terminal in some respect but if you're terminal your time is coming up very quickly and you don't want to leave this earth in pain and having your family members see you know you in misery absolute misery I understand why euthanasia is an option. But where I get nervous is what if somebody is talked into it? Somebody is vulnerable. And when we ask them, Have you ever thought of suicide? Right now, it's in America, it's okay, we want to help you. We don't want you to commit suicide. But when you start having funding for it, Services just sitting there, not used. You know, if you want to commit suicide, we can help you. That starts to change the conversation. If somebody wants to end their life and end their life early when they could still have a promising life, that's not something we want them to consider as an option. It's very natural for people to consider suicide. Humans will do that. They're some of the brightest animals on the planet. Listen, I I know you have a smart cat. I get it. I get it. The cats think they're smarter, but we're smarter than cats as a whole. Maybe not all of us, but as a whole. But we're some of the smartest individuals on the planet, so of course suicide is something that we will weigh in. And hopefully we decide that is not an option. People always look at their options. Me, never, ever. I want to live on this earth as long as I can. But where I get concerned... And I understand there are people who are struggling and they you know don't want to be on this earth anymore. What about the ones who are, shall we say, like unsure what they're feeling and just not able to make a decision such as that? Now, some of you are probably listening to this going, is that kind of what's also happening with some of these kids that are depressed and somebody brings up it could be gender dysphoria? That that's a trend I'm starting to see too. There's a uh, a friend of ours where there was a child that was struggling with anxiety and depression, and an, like an outside group came in, talked to this person, and convinced them it's probably because of your gender. Switch, not consider switching, just switch. Person did started going through transitioning, and is even more depressed now. And so at least with gender transitioning part of it might be reversible there is a lot of irreversible changes some people could do but suicide wow you choose suicide because somebody suggested you know oh you we could do it nice and painless you're going to do it anyway so why don't we help you along i worry about where that could go because we do have a lot of manipulation. And I see the manipulation. We see it in the media. We see it with politics. And I don't want somebody young. Apparently, reportedly, there's a 27-year-old that just passed away through a suicide. She had chronic fatigue. She had autism, ADHD, and anxiety. So she chose euthanasia to escape a life dominated by pain. Now, chronic fatigue syndrome, I guess, can be painful if accompanied with fibromyalgia and other issues, but I cannot imagine that there weren't other options for her other than euthanasia. How many people do you know that are on some part of the spectrum of autism, have anxiety, have ADHD, chronic fatigue? I don't want them committing suicide. Now, we know suicide is happening. Every few seconds, somebody's taking their life. These overdose deaths. How many of these overdose deaths are suicide? Because people are in pain. They can't get pain medications, and they're like, I don't care anymore. I'll just take whatever, and if I don't wake up, I don't wake up. I mean, I'm not naive. I know that there's many individuals that are taking their own lives. And having a a less barbaric uh, you know, way, I see why there's a quote-unquote... Um, avenue or market that that you know public health officials want to have an option for them but I'm very fearful of this growing um, movement of extinctionism and how we have too many people and this movement of people saying look if people want to abort the baby less population if people want to commit suicide less population. If people die of COVID, less population, fewer population. And there's this growing movement of fewer people. The movement seems to also be fueled by calls for socialized medicine. Well, we need to do something. So why don't we divvy up what we have? And then we will triage who needs what services. We're going to be making these decisions. You don't get the liver because you drink alcohol. You're young, so you get the care. And socialized medicine can be very, very scary. I know some of you are saying, well, Europe does it. Socialized medicine is fine in other countries. When you really talk to some of the people, it's not fine. I don't want us to go to socialized medicine. Because also, what differs from us with Europe, Europe more people pay taxes per capita. Us, look, we have, what, 50% of the country not paying taxes? We're not going to be able to have a European socialized medicine, and as you see, the NHS in England is struggling. So what happens if we don't have enough money for socialized medicine? Benefits get cut. Is it me, or is it absolutely ridiculous that Medicare doesn't cover certain things? that you have to now have a Medigap or a Medicare Advantage plan. That makes no sense to me. If you're a senior, you need your hospital, you need your medical visits, you need your medications covered. You need home health. But that costs a lot of money. People don't feel seniors are worth what they deserve, even though they busted their butts and built this country for you. Well, but if they're not working now, They're a burden on society. See, that scares me, which means euthanasia would or doctor-assisted suicide might then be used as a means to save resources. Now, I'm not saying I am anti-doctor-assisted suicide or doctor-assisted euthanasia for those who are terminal, for those who have conditions a severe, severe conditions that are causing them to have no quality of life. And, you know, they are every second of the day thinking about ending their life. I am against it taking a turn that we're starting to see other things take a turn. So I, I, I don't know, but it's really frightening to hear that a 28 year old young woman. Who had symptoms that are pretty commonly had by many young people these days died of suicide. one eight seven seven Doc Dolly. Show. Thank you all for tuning in. One eight seven seven one One eight seven seven D O C D A L I. All right, so this is going to be kind of interesting, and and I hope I word this correctly without you know getting myself in trouble with the Lord, because I um you know I uh, am not very religious, but I do love religion. I pray multiple times a day. I'm always thanking God. So to my family, I'm pretty religious. But compared to Catholics, Mormons, Muslims, Baptists, Protestants, uh, Buddhists, Hindu, uh, Muslim, Jews, I, I, I don't want to leave anybody out. I don't think I'm very, very religious. And so one of my listeners had asked about the psychology of sin and when you have uh, Pope Francis um, you know looking at uh, you know uh, same-sex couples differently and you know blessing their union and um, you know how you know the Catholic Church might be becoming more flexible in certain things and you know what what is a sin and what isn't a sin and so you know having read the Bible, Have I studied the Bible thoroughly? Not to the degree that other people have. Um, I noticed early on that we're sinning all the time. I mean, when the Bible tells you to build an altar, when the Bible tells you to sacrifice a ram, when the Bible tells you to not have sex while on your period, but you don't even know your period's coming, and then you end up having had sex and you go, oh, whoa, I didn't know. I mean... The one thing that I've learned as a doctor, right, and just as a person who is a person of faith, is you—you're always sinning, and there's rules and laws. And I'm not saying to just go and sin, but religion teaches you all the religions. Okay, this isn't just one religion. Teaches you how to discern what is a good person versus a bad person in terms of killing in terms of stealing there's laws for that and then also some of these rules are very health based so you know somebody could spread obviously well blood uh, born pathogens so obviously there's a recommendation to try not to have sex when someone's actively bleeding uh Premarital sex can cause STIs, so if two people wait till they're married, very little chance of somebody having an STI, although there was a study saying some quote-unquote virgins do, well, that's if they do second or third base, they could still yes pick up an STI, you can pick up STIs uh, a lot more easily now and then of course like the rules of eating and certain um, um, dietary rules that are very, you know, health conscious, pork, undercooked pork could kill you um you know uh uh, uh, uh some religions uh, avoid alcohol alcohol's been linked to cancer liver disease gi so you know there, uh, some of the quote unquote laws or sins also health related some are societal and then some of them are to look at your dedication to the lord or to whatever religion the spiritual being being that manages that that oversees your religion and looking at if you are taking things for granted or are you humble are you appreciative are you appreciative of your surroundings are you appreciative of your parents are you appreciative of society are you appreciative of your spiritual leaders so when you start to look at whether it's the Bible, um Old Testament, New Testament, Quran, book of Mormon, uh teachings of Buddha, Hindu when you start to look at the the book, you know, or the teachings. You know, depending on how you interpret it. I see a trend. And to me the trend is don't be killing, don't be cheating. Don't trample others. Don't trample the earth. You know think who needs to be thanked and make sure that your quote unquote religion or your obsession or what you bow to or who you bow to is not something that is an object inappropriate. You know, like, um, I pledge my allegiance to cocaine. Don't have an allegiance to cocaine. Don't have an allegiance to the whiskey bottle. Don't have an allegiance to crime. Don't have an allegiance to a dictator. If you need something to have allegiance to, then the spiritual entity. Now, some people have taken that into very uh, uh, bad. Mm, uh, they've they, they've they've making bad turns with it. Where well, well, we need to kill you if you don't pray like we do. You, you you know you're if you're not like us, you need to die. And sadly, people, the Bible never tells you that. In the Old Testament, it says, "Whoever wants to join your flock can join your flock." Eh? If they want to, they want to. No big deal. Don't be killing people if they don't want to worship the way you do. And so some people have misinterpreted it. And they'll say in the name of God or in the name of their spiritual entity that they have to do this. But the to me, because, you know, do I worry that I might not go to heaven because I've sinned? Because I've had, you know, yesterday I, I had some pork. It was delicious. It was lichon. But I guess they they... Had because they're getting ready for Lent. It was actually very delicious, but I, you know, Do I feel like no? I don't because it was well cooked, right? And you know, it was, you know, I understand in the Bible you're not supposed to eat that because of medical, you know, sequelae that could happen if it's undercooked. You know, and and you know, have I sinned? Uh, we've all sinned. Now, and and you know I tell my Catholic friends when you go to confession, please you know take a few hours out of the day every day to to, to confess for me, which still wouldn't even cut it, you know, but I think for me, because everybody looks at their religion their their own way is i I try to do good, I repent, I try to be a better person, being a better person to me means respecting others, helping other people. You know, I have my own compass of what I need to do. If I ate something that I shouldn't have eaten that the Bible said not to, that's kind of down on my list of sins. You know, is it disrespectful to God? Because it's, yeah, I look at that as maybe it might be disrespectful that I didn't follow it. But I think it's more of a sin for me to, you know, not do some of the other things that I strive to do help society, you know, help protect the world, help protect others, honor my mother, honor thy father. Uh, you know, and, and and so, you know, you do end up picking and choosing things that you can do. You know, it, can you follow all 612 laws of the Old Testament or, you know, all the laws and, and rules, you know, that <coughs> New Testament? No, it's difficult to follow them all. But I think the idea of... You know, being in a monogamous relationship and uh, creating a family and creating love is a good thing. I don't care if you're heterosexual, homosexual, cis, trans. You know, I, I, it's it's a beautiful thing, and so I, I understand why Pope Francis, you know, is 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 being more flexible with that, but. Religion is supposed to be personal and individualized. It's not supposed to be you all have to do this. And I understand Sodom and Gomorrah. I understand what happens when cities went "quote unquote" awry. But uh, religion, to me, is very personal and individualized, and it's very real. And and you know we're all here for a reason, which means God you know, loves all of us. Because in the olden days, if He didn't like who you were, your religion, you'd be gone. One eight seven seven Doc Dolly, don't go away.